Welcome to the Imperfectly Impactful Podcast. My name is Catherine, and I am a proud, high-achieving woman overcoming the relentless pursuit of perfection and weight of people-pleasing. Come with me as we discover how embracing your imperfections can lead to immense growth and enable you to make a difference in your life and the lives of others. From candid conversations to empowering stories, I will guide you to unleash your full potential and craft your unique path to impact. Join me every week as we celebrate imperfection, cultivate self-acceptance, and prove that even the most imperfect journeys can lead to the most impactful destinations. So let's get started. Hello, I am so excited to be bringing you guys an incredible interview that I had with an amazing woman. But before I get started, I just want to remind you guys, there is two days left if you're listening to this live. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, February 21st, Today and tomorrow are your last days to get your entries in for the giveaway we are doing. And we are giving away a Powerhouse Woman ticket, the event that's happening on August 10th of 2024. I'm so excited because as I've mentioned multiple times, this event, it was the catalyst to get me to where I am today and continues to be kind of the basis for how I've changed and grown. So three things are going to be listed down below in the giveaway notes. Um, but just to remind you, please go follow us. So myself, cat.roten, and then imperfectly.impactful on Instagram. Make sure you leave a review. So wherever you listen, Apple or Spotify. And then, of course, there is a post. It is pinned to the top of the imperfectly.impactful Instagram page. So please make sure you go and share that on your story. Tag a few people if you want to, whatever it is. Anyone who you think this this event could impact, I would love for you to share with everybody. But with that being said, I am... So incredibly excited to announce the wonderful guest I have on the podcast today. She, I butchered her name and I feel so bad, but Abby Levesque, which I now know how to say, um, is on the podcast and I'm just thrilled to have her on here and for her to be able to share her story and hopefully can resonate and connect with all of you. She quickly had a spurt right out of college in the corporate world and finance and then quickly left realizing that it was not the right fit for her. And you'll get to hear a little bit more about that. Um, But ultimately she followed her feeling and desire that she needed to go sober and sobriety was her calling and she stopped drinking alcohol. And during that time, a lot of things were opened up to her. So we get to talk a lot about, about what that journey looked like going away from drinking, how saying no, implementing that into her life, and then how slowly but surely she has created the brand, the business, who she is today, which is the Recovery Rebel. So it is exciting to hear what we talk about in this podcast because we talk everything from work to working out, alcohol, uh social media, how to like use your voice and share your story and how she's built that confidence and how now we can build ourselves and our confidence too. And it can be applied in all areas of your life. It does not have anything just to do with social media, nothing just to do with overcoming alcohol, but it encompasses so, so much. So I'm excited to share this interview with all of you. So without further ado, please enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Imperfectly Impactful podcast. I am so excited today. I have Abby Lavasquez. Is that right? Did I say it correctly? Close? Did. You did pretty well. That's the silence, Lavesque. Uh, Lavesque. There we go. I was close. I was close. But Abby and I met actually at the Higher Self Gala back in December of this past year. And we kind of connected over a few things where 
She is currently has gone completely sober and I've been in this weird process working through and finally this year I've given up alcohol and sober myself. Uh, So we kind of bonded over that and many other things in her story. So I'm excited to have you here today, Abby, and bring you on to share a little bit more about yourself and just your knowledge in general of what you've learned. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So instead of diving in and we just had this conversation, I didn't want to dive fully into you have a very long in depth story as many of us do, but I would love for you to touch on the name, the recovery rebel is what you call yourself. And I, I love that. I think it's amazing. It's unique. You don't hear anything like that. I'm hoping you coined or like trademark that already. I don't know if you have, <laughs> but highly, highly recommend if you haven't, um, but you're a personal trainer, you're empowerment coach. You're completely sober. Now you're rewriting how people talk about sobriety. So let's talk about the recovery rebel. Can you break down kind of that name tying into what you do? How'd you come up with it? Yeah. So I, there's two big words there. And I think the first one being recovery. And so recovery for me is really all encompassing. I was so hesitant to talk about addiction and substance abuse, just because I think sometimes people can get so focused in on the problem. And I think we all have to recover from something. Something has taken our power away in some capacity, whether it be a toxic job, relationship, it could be substance, eating disorders. There's so many things that we go through a certain struggle and it just makes us feel weak and disempowered. And so when I think about recovery, I think it's all encompassing of just taking your power back from whatever has, whatever adversity that you've gone through. So that is where like really the empowerment piece comes from. And that's what I love to work with my clients and my community with, as well as, so then we go into rebel. So I, with my story of using substances, clearly I was a rebel in that sense, but The rebellion for me is I found sobriety in a very non-conventional way. Um, I actually did not go into AA or rehab or anything like that. And I did it kind of in a different non-conventional way. And I also did it in a way where it was very fun um, and empowering. And I rebelled in that I didn't have to be this lifelong sentence that I had to grapple with. And so that is just my own story. But when I think about the rebellion, it's rebelling against the norms and the standard ways and paths that have been preached to us. Another part of my story, I went and went into corporate finance and absolutely felt so unfulfilled and disaligned with it to leave corporate and not use my degree after only 10 months of using it. Like that was rebelling. And so there's different parts of my story where I've rebelled And by rebelling, I've found my own peace and alignment. And so I want to help other people rebel in whatever way that that looks for them, that they don't have to follow the standard approach that people love to preach in this society. So that's kind of, I like to break down the two words because they all come together and then the recovery rebel, it's just meant to be like this, like badass empowerment type of brand that I want to just help motivate other people with. I love it. I love the breakdown. So if you're willing to share, I'd love to dive into kind of that non-conventional way that you rebelled and really kind of work through your, I guess, addictions and 
if you're willing to share all of that, I'd like to hear a little bit about what's that non-conventional way that you got through it that was more fun for you. Yeah. So I think for me, so I struggled with substances and drinking was my major vice um, for eight years. And I had times where I would stop and then relapse. And it was just this ongoing struggle. But the final straw came and I had this awakening and I was finally done. I remember my mom saying to me like, oh, there's this course that you can take, like I could buy for you or we can get you this therapist that specializes in addiction or AA. And I said, no, I was like, I'm so freaking sick and tired of giving my life to this substance. I want to like focus on me. I want to live. I don't want to continue to talk about alcohol. It's taken so much from me. And so why am I going to, if I want to leave alcohol in my past, why am I going to sit here and focus on it and spend so much of my time in therapy or AA, just talking about the very thing that I'm trying to leave in my past? With that, it ignited this journey of tapping in within myself. Now I've had therapy in the past and I've had I've spent a lot of time in different types of like self-development. And so I did have a lot of like a foundation of tools to start with. So I had done meditation. I had tried journaling before, but nothing ever stick. And so for me, it was like this non-conventional way was me really being so consistent and diligent with my self-care, my self-discovery, you know, and it really was just going in my journal and digging in within And that is where I feel like I've, it's become empowering for myself because I found it within myself and I didn't, I don't have to rely on the teachings of AA or the teachings of someone else and a system approach. I can um, tap in within the answers that I've already found within myself. I love that because I actually resonate a lot with that story just because I mean, we talked about it back in December and I've actually shared a lot on this podcast. I've actually done a few episodes where I dive into more of kind of how alcohol for me maybe was not a problem, but it was something that, you know, I would try to go lengths of time without drinking and just society in general, those temptations and those urges just being in social environments were just so like, oh, well, I might as well just follow the norm. And then all of a sudden this year, I decide I'm giving it up for all of 2024 and I haven't had any urges or temptations but it's been the idea of my mindset has changed on how I'm looking at it, that just there's no alcohol in my life, that it's okay. I don't have to, I can say no. But also what you said, that self-care piece, like I've really dived into taking care of more, making sure I'm going on walks and like getting up in the morning and journaling my devotionals, things like that. And it's crazy how that has made a whole difference just in general of how I have like the perception I have now of it. So even almost temptation I had was a few nights ago, I went to a wine bar that for a year and a half living here in Nashville, that's what I would do. I would go and it's wine on tap. And I would just, that's the, every time I've gone, I've always drank and I've always ordered food. And it was the first time I went in there and I was like, I'm not drinking. This is weird to go in and not drink, but I had a great time. And I wake up the next morning feeling perfectly okay. I love how you explain that because it's funny. I see myself in in a little bit in those ways too. And it's kind of, it's it's inspirational. I do think you inspired me in, in some ways because I started following you in December. So I knew it was something I could do and I can stick with it. I just have to learn, take care of myself and say no. I know it's okay. Yes. And do you feel like, has it gotten easier? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 
Because it is, it's just, it's our normal way of doing things. And I think one thing that I really love that you touched on at the beginning of when you were sharing is like alcohol was just, it wasn't the actual problem. It was just a way to treat this like uncomfortable like discomfort that we have within ourselves and it mm-hmm. that can show up for so many people in different ways but especially when it came to socializing you know and going out to a fun wine bar and being out with friends it's such a social thing within our society and so I realized especially getting sober was the amount of social anxiety that I had but knowing that I can work through that right like just as you said it's taking that time and being able to show yourself that you were able to get through that social situation without it. Mm-hmm. And that's just, once you do that over repetition, that's how you build up the confidence within yourself. And then that's how you start to realize that you can handle anxiety in different ways rather than the alcohol, right? And that anxiety does lessen. Oh, it never stops. Like I still get social anxiety, but I also, it's lessened over time. And I realize that I don't need to rely on that. And so it is very important with any substance or thing that we are resorting to, whether it be food, sex, shopping, all the things, it's what void are you filling? And people don't want to do the self-discovery to figure out that void. That's the scariest part. That's how I actually recovered was figuring out what were the voids within me. Yeah, no, that's, it's funny you say that because for myself, I went through a time where I've never put the words probably out there like this, but I've realized in the past few months where I've been like really diving into like my past a little bit. But working out for a period of time was an addiction for me. I mean, I worked out seven days a week for one to two hours a day. And it was something that was filling the void of boredom, I realized. like, Or also of maybe some other things. But that's also what then, after those few years when I got away from that, that's where alcohol came in. And so when I would be bored sitting around the house versus me sitting and reading a book, maybe just spending some quiet time or whatever it may be, I was just like, oh, well, I'll just go down the street to the bar and drink but thinking nothing of it but that's what it was as I'm so used to staying busy and having something to do it's been different things but over time I've relied on different ways of doing that and realizing now I don't have to fill my time with everything either so that is that is so powerful and I think it's so important that you like realize that because it's just constant transference like so I gave up alcohol because I thought that was my main problem. And so I thought I could be Cali sober. And so it was like the nicotine and marijuana and mushrooms. And so it didn't cause this chaos or havoc within my life. And I think that can be sometimes the hardest part with people, especially with addiction is addiction can come in this way where you are destructive and you are either ruining your families, you're putting other lives, other people's lives at risk or your own. And that can cause people to stop out of like pure fear of the potential of the dangers that could happen. But there is also this thing where these substances and also like you said, like working out, like that can be disguised as this healthy addiction, but it is so important to assess everything that we're doing and to realize like, are we using it to fill? fill that void. And that's for me, I realized like I had to go completely sober because while I thought marijuana was okay, I started to realize that it was my way of like trying to seek this spirituality. I was like, if I just get high enough, then I can reach spirituality realizing, okay, I can probably do that with just meditation. It's just a little harder route to get there. Yeah. It is crazy. The transference of 
addiction to and that's why the conversations about addiction are so important because as we've grown up we've been given this idea of it's this bum on the side of the street who is homeless and begging for money to buy dope and it's that's not the case the whole AA, as I've studied it, like the foundation of it was corporate workers, you know, like addiction. And then addiction now is you look at social media and there's so many ways that addiction can show up within our life. Yeah. So I'm actually going to pivot a little bit right here because you talk about social media and I just want to hit on this because if you, if anyone listening does not follow Abby, it's, it's the recovery rebel on Instagram. We'll tag everything in the show notes. I love how vulnerable you are on there, though. You're very honest. You're very blunt about things, too. You'll share everything and anything that you feel like you need to. And I know that's a lot. It's a lot of it comes from within that you feel the urge or the need to share with people. How has that changed over the past few months for you, though? Because I know that was not in everything. How have you built the confidence to finally share your story and put it out there to the world to see? Because other people obviously resonate with you. Yeah. It was a journey and I actually invested in myself into a mastermind. So that's actually how we met was Christine Monroe, um, who hosted the gala. I was in her mastermind and she really helped me. And the work that we all did together really helped me tap into my voice. I was in a relationship in the past that really blocked my throat chakra. Like I literally went to Reiki and the Reiki master was like, are you choking? Like your throat chakra is so blocked. And it's like in different circumstances, it was in corporate, it was in my past relationship. Like I just was in these environments where I couldn't let my voice be spoken. And I always had things to say, but I I didn't know how to share them. I was doing a lot of work to release all of those beliefs, false beliefs that I had developed. And so once I worked through that, then I started to share um, on social media and the, how I was able to get so vulnerable too, and what how I've strengthened the muscle of being vulnerable is realizing how much people appreciate that vulnerability and how that's actually where true connection is founded. So if I go on and I share on my story and I talk about how life is going amazing and I'm so, I'm living in abundance and gratitude, it's like I might get a few hearts and that's it. Nobody's messaging me. It's like, it's like good for you, right? But like, That is not where people really feel that true connection. But the minute that I am able to share about my real struggles and my insecurities, and I feel like my different things are showing up for me and I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z, people flood in and the responses flood in. And that made me realize how important it is to share vulnerably because we just don't realize how many people are feeling the exact same way. And giving each other the permission to feel that like it's okay. All of this stuff is like the beautiful part of being a human and the human experience is the fact that we have these intense highs and lows and everything in between. Yet we only want that's what social media has been. It's only highlighting this positive side. And so in every post that I like to share for the most part, I love to share the dark side of things, but also being able to share that lighter side. Cause I, that's what I do with an empowerment too. It's being able to shift, right. Mindset shift and all that, but that's vulnerability has, it's continuously a struggle. I don't know if you go through it as well, but it's always having to check in within yourself and seeing what blocks are being there because you're thinking about who is listening or judging to whatever you have to share. 
it's been it's been difficult because I just I never have been fully, like a very present on social media probably until the past few months knowing I need to get my voice out there and I need to speak up and I know like I have a story to share but it's hard because it's like what if someone responds to you in a negative way or says something about you that you have to realize it's an okay thing because you're probably going to touch more people with your story in a positive light that's going to see it and resonate and want to talk to you more about it or be like, wow, thank you for sharing that because now they can go and they're going to do something like it, it, it. It's something that they're being affected by as well. It's tough though. Cause I mean, I, even the past few weeks, I shared this with you prior, it's been difficult the past few weeks for myself and I've been less present on social media because of it. And it's not that I'm not per se willing to get on and share it. I'm okay sharing it, but it's hard almost to put into words too. But then I also, I'm just used to just, okay, I'm going to go hide. I'll see you guys in like a few days, a few weeks, because I, I don't really want to share everything with you. Cause I am someone, when I start talking, I'm going to dump everything out and it's going to take like five, six, seven stories to get the full depth of, you know, everything out there. But I've also, I'm trying to learn that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to have those long stories. Cause if someone is listening and it's speaking to them and what they're going through or have been through, then they're going to listen and probably it's going to help them. And that's my whole thing is with anything I'm doing is even this podcast, it's if I can touch one person and I can impact one person with this episode or with any of my episodes, that's what matters to me. It doesn't have to be thousands of people. It's just hopefully there's one person out there that needed to hear this. So I can agree though. It's not the easiest thing. I'm, st I'm still working on it. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a continuous, you know, and I think it really is this finesse. It's this balance. Balance can be the hardest thing to find in life. And so it is this wanting to share vulnerably along the journey because it's, that's what can be so easy. Not easy. It's, it's hard to be, or it's challenging to be vulnerable in any stage, but when you have already climbed the mountain and you know that you overcome those things, hindsight is 2020. And so you can share from like a place of victory and you've overcome and here's everything I've learned. There's that, but people love being along the journey. That's where it's relatable, you know, and that's where I started to share when I was still using substances, I felt like a fraud because while I was sharing about me recovering from drinking, I was still using other substances, being vulnerable, right? And and sharing so much actually is what gave me, allowed me to wake up and realize, holy shit, wait, I am trying to help people and share this journey that I'm on, but I still have so much more to do. So almost like a sharing along the way can be important because as you're sharing, you're allowing yourself to process in the moment in such a deeper way than just going through the motions, getting to the top and being like, here's what I've done. It's scary, but it's worth it, I feel like too. And I do think it helps even for my self-process and realize I'm not alone. Probably one of the most important things I've learned the past few months is I felt through a lot of things that it was just me. And mm -hmm. I have a feeling you probably have felt that as well throughout the whole process of all of these things that it's just me going through it. Like I don't need to speak up. I don't need to say anything. Like no one's gonna understand but there's a lot of people that understand and we're, and I'm not alone. And it may not be the exact same thing. No one experiences anything the same way, but it still is the, they understand because they're going through something similar, whether it's the same emotion, feeling, 
fear, whatever it is, we, there's someone out there that probably is going through it with, with you at the same time. Mm, I love that you said that too. It is, it is the emotional. So if we're talking about vulnerability, like vulnerability is truly getting into the emotional side of things. Cause that was for me, like for so long, I could share my facts of what happened, but I couldn't tell you my experience of what it was and what my emotions were. Mm. And I love that you touched on regardless of what the situation looks like and how whatever your challenge is showing up, because that's the beauty of life. There's so many scenarios and challenges, and that's why we're always going to be facing a new challenge. But when we can summarize it and boil it down to what is your emotion in this moment in your experience, and like you said, if it's that fear, it's that insecurity and anxiety, that is where the connection is. That's where you know you're not alone because no one is going to have the exact same story and the exact same experience. It all has a different little flavor. But if we can boil down to the vulnerability of what the emotion is, that's where the true connection really happens. It can be hard because we don't want to feel those emotions, especially if we're talking about drinking. Like that is literally just drinking emotions away. Yeah, I love what you said about the emotional side of things. It's one thing I'm learning. I, I've been, I've struggled my I'm going to say my entire life because I really didn't realize it till obviously the awareness came about the past few months, but I could never put a word to my emotion as I knew fear, you know, scared, happy, sad, but I didn't realize like there's that emotional wheel. And that's what I actually referenced. Now my life coach gave me that as something. And so I keep it saved on my phone or I'll just pull it up. And it's like, when I'm trying to pinpoint, okay, what am I feeling? Why, why am I feeling this way? I can be like, oh, that's why I'm feeling it. And when you can pinpoint it, it's a lot easier. I feel like to process and understand what's going on. It's that has been like one of the most life-changing things for me because in the past, it's just like, oh, I feel weird. I feel off. I'm, I'm stressed. Like that's all it is. But sometimes it's not just stress. There's whole other multitude of emotions that fall underneath it. So yes, it's um, the emotion side is, I didn't realize how in depth that was. <laughs> Literally. I love that you had that experience. Cause I had a similar one. I had a coach who taught me about emotions and we did a series called the power of emotion. And so every two hours I had a little timer mindfulness bell on my phone. And it was like, in this moment, I feel, and I felt like I was in elementary school, literally just <laughs> had like five emotions to describe it. And so much of what I just realizes in those first few like weeks was, I don't know, that is actually an emotion, like disassociation can be that emotion. And so I realized that I was so disassociated from myself and not present with my emotions, which was like a game changer for me. And now I have such a broader vocabulary of emotions and also can realize one other thing she taught me was like, I feel whatever and that's okay, has been amazing. And the craziest thing, so it sounds like to say that's okay is beneficial when it comes into like acceptance for a negative emotion. Like if I'm going to say, I feel social anxiety and that's okay. Right. Yeah. Like that's what it seems like it would be most beneficial for. But the craziest thing that I realized from it was like, I feel excitement and that's okay. Or like, I feel peace. This was a big one. I feel peace and that's okay. Oh it was God. so hard for me to say that's okay. Because then my mind would go, well, okay, there's something you got to worry about. Like you're forgetting about something. You need to be like worrying about your 401k and like shit would <laughs> come up out of nowhere because it was like, hold up, you're not allowed to feel peace. And so it is crazy to come into acceptance with an awareness with all emotions um, has been game changers. So I love that you've had that experience too. Yes. 
I love this peace aspect though, because I mean, it's kind of what I said, the idea of boredom for myself, I struggle with that I have to fill time and I can't be okay with just being, and I'm really working through that. But it's funny you say that because that's what made me think. I was like, peace. I was like, I would do the same thing. <laughs> like right now, anything, peace, like calm. I'd be like, something's wrong. I should be stressing. I should be worried. There's a long list of to do, like I know. But to be able to acknowledge that, that's amazing. So <laughs> I, I, I actually love this idea of every like two hours checking in and figuring out what's that emotion and sitting with it and saying it's okay. Because you're right, that negative emotion, like it is okay to feel those things, but it's also okay to be happy, excited, at peace, to be calm, to feel free sometimes too, that kind of that freedom at moments, even though it might not be all the time. I didn't even think about that. So I'm going to try this power of emotions. We're going to, I'm going to start doing this every two hours because I, I haven't heard that before, but I do think that's eye opening to hear all of that. Cause I do think that's something we in society struggle with is that we can be at peace and we can be in flow and not have to be constantly doing all the time. Peace is everything. And that's what I realize is <clears throat> like the highs and the lows, like people say they seek happiness, but <clears throat> happiness isn't, I think what they're truly seeking. I think if you can have peace throughout all points of your life, because I've even, what's been super helpful for me in recovery is even in those moments when I'm on those lower vibrational emotions and a fear-based emotions, to have peace within those is game changer. Peace within them, knowing that they're going to pass is huge. And then peace within them, knowing that every time that I've gone through a fear-based thing, it's taught me crazy amounts. Like that's where I find all of my lessons have come in life. Yeah. Like go through those lower emotions to experience the higher emotions. And so having peace within the sadness is critical and appreciation almost for the sadness, which is difficult to find in the moment, but understanding and having that awareness that like this sadness, this low is going to teach you something, whatever your discomfort is. And that's, what's huge in recovery is you realize you don't have to escape like so mm -hmm. much of like, whatever addiction is it's a form of escapism from these fear-based emotions these lower vibrational emotions we're trying to escape them and so if you can have peace within them you are golden you have mastered yourself and you have mastered emotions and that's where you find true freedom and empowerment that's amazing. That is what I'm working for. That That is where like, I'm like, I'm, I am in the midst, I feel like in the heart of a lot of that. So just working through those emotions, understanding and finding that peace because I'm, I've started realizing recently, I don't want to be constantly going and going and going like I am. I really want time to be able to do things for me and what makes me happy and be at peace with being happy and not having to constantly be doing. And it's funny because it's a realization I've had the past few weeks. And I do think me not drinking and I'm going on my like fifth or sixth week. I've stopped tracking just because it doesn't matter. Like I, I, I'm i so proud of myself for that because usually it's like, oh, I'm to like this day and I really haven't kept up with it this time. But I do think it's crazy around that kind of three to four week mark where I was realizing, okay, what am I filling my time with instead? And then all of a sudden realizing what do I want? And that's been a big thing the past few weeks is what do I want to be doing for myself? And that makes me happy. And that's not me needing to constantly 
be doing things for work or for my business or for life. Like there's other things outside of that. Like I love being outdoors. So I love going and moving and being outdoors. So going for a walk, going for a hike, if I can find time to kayak, you know, little things like that, that in the past I would have been like, no, I can't, I can't do those things. I have too much going on or it's not a priority. Now I'm realizing there's those things. I mean, the simple thing I've been telling people recently, I just want to make a cup of coffee in the morning and be able to sit there and stare at it and go, this is my cup of coffee and I'm here present with it. I mean, it sounds like stupid and simple, but at the same time, like that's so important to spend 10, 15 minutes that I'm making a cup of coffee and can sit, actually enjoy it. Oh, so powerful. And I, I hope that all the listeners can really take that away is reminder here. You're a human being. You are not a human doing. And I, we be okay. And just the being that is the saddest part that I've witnessed within this society is this hamster wheel that we're on. It is. And that's when you can step into recovery and find peace within yourself. You realize that you have this worthiness within yourself that you don't have to go out and keep achieving things to keep that full, that cup full of of worthiness. That worthiness is locked in for life, right? And there's nothing you need to do to be worthy of peace and of love. But we have gotten into this chase of constantly doing and doing and doing. And it's exhausting. And that's where people lose themselves. They burn themselves out and they resort to things like drugs and substances and addictions because it's just too much and they have to escape. And so if you can be immersed in the little things of life and be present, all of that. One thing that reminded me of when you talked about your cup of coffee, I love that romanticizing your life is everything that was huge for me in the moments of when I first got sober from alcohol okay I was going and I was spending a night at home rather than like going out and partying but I romanticized every little bit of it you know and like genuinely was like this is a movie pick your plot pick your plot of what you want your movie to be and allow that to develop no, I love that. Yes, it does. Well, it's just about being present and like allowing yourself to imagine those simple things or those small things and understand that that's worth it. Like that is worth your time and your energy if that's what you want to do. And that's where you want to spend your time and be fully present. That's an okay thing. I love that romanticizing. I love all your different words and stuff like you use. I'm just like, this is so cool. Um, okay. So completely shifting a little, well, I say shifting completely, probably not with you for your, cause you're also a personal trainer and I know you do a lot. You have your quad squad, you do your Sunday, like a little boot camps. You have actual like one-on-one training you do virtual. Cause I did see that too. Talk a little bit about how throughout this entire process, was this something, was personal training something you got into earlier on in the journey? Or is this something more recently that you finally kind of found your love for and your passion for? And now you're, you've kind of dived headfirst into that as well. Like I said, I was in corporate finance. When I chose finance, I was active in addiction. Like I started drinking and using in high school. And so when it was time to pick my degree, like I had like no clue. I was like, I'm good at math. We'll choose finance. There was no alignment, not once in college because I was drinking myself to blackout every like week. I never was like, oh, maybe there's something else for me. I was just, this is the path we're going. So I got fully sober from alcohol a month before going to start my corporate finance job. 
And so I go to it and I tried, really tried to love it, but I just couldn't. And I 10 months, you gave it 10 months, <laughs> 10 months. I contracted him for two years. I had to, I was like no money. I had to buy myself for thousands of dollars out of my contract. It was, everyone looked at me like I was crazy because I went to go work for a gym and take this extreme salary cut where I was making a beautiful salary. And then it was like $15 an hour. And I was like, am I going to be able to live, survive, pay bills? But I was so miserable. And I was like, I'm going to do it. So genuinely, I loved working out. I've always loved working out. And so I went to go work for the gym just as like a short term job to figure it out. I wanted to do recovery, work in recovery, but who was I kidding? I was still using and I knew nothing about recovery. I was just sober at that point from alcohol. So I went to go work at the gym and they were like, you should be a personal trainer. Like you're fit, you know, all the things. And so I was like, okay. And it all just clicked to me all throughout growing up. People asked me, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, I just want to help people. And I think a lot of us have that drive within us to make an impact and be impactful. And so it all kind of came together in that moment where I was like, okay, this is what I can do to help people was through personal training. And so for me within training, and here's the thing we can, I can give you a workout plan and a nutrition plan. Like you can find those anywhere on the internet and there are tons of them. But for me, what's so beautiful about working so intimately with people with one-on-ones or groups is the level of the mindset work that we get to do. Because I think that the gym is so beautiful. The gym is a place, like especially when it comes to weightlifting, which can be so intimidating, that is where you are encouraged to fail. Like Mm -hmm. so much in the outside of our life, since we were little in school, like you cannot fail in school. Like you got to get your A's and B's and all that. And so in the gym, being able to teach people, like you have to fail in order to grow here and encourage that and build the mindset has been such a beautiful journey for me to help others. And it's just continuing to expand further and further, really finding my niche and just the empowerment, because that's in my own journey. I think about how powerless I felt in so many moments, whether it been like my eating disorders, relationships, my substance abuse, I realize that we all have the power within ourselves and I want to help people ignite that power within them. And that's so much can be done within personal training. Also like that wellness coaching piece of things. I'm a huge workout snob. I mean, like I said, I went through a period of time where it really was an addiction and now I found that balance much better and I still love it. I've actually joked about getting like a certification to teach either Pilates or be able to do some training of some kind or classes because that's just, I love it. And I know it kind of like what you said, like everyone's like, you know what, like, you know, the terminology, you know how to use the machines or the weights, things like that. I'm like, yeah, I do. I mean, I've had a friend mention it to me. It's like, hey, you know, in the next couple of years, I could hire you on. I'm like, I don't know about that, but I'm like, it's a great opportunity. Like, it's a great idea. But when you can, when you have that passion already, I feel like it is easier to take it and build off of it. And that's what you've been able to do. And then learning about yourself throughout the journey, you've almost been able to stack those little things you've learned about yourself from from personal training to then the empowerment coaching and this whole recovery side, like you, you've been able to build off of it. And it's beautiful just to see, to be able to hear your story and see where you are at now and how you found yourself along the way and been able to continuously build upon what kind of that foundation was. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you for being on here today. But before I let you go, can you share with everyone how they can get in touch with you, follow you, work with you, potentially all of those things? 
Yes. So I, Instagram would be the best way at the recovery rebel is where you can find me. I do. If you live in Denver, Colorado, um, I do in-person personal training quad squads, which is working out with four or three other women um, in a squad. And I also do wellness coaching online. And that is like that mindset empowerment coaching. So I will be doing another course coming up in a month. So if anyone wants to hop in online, definitely look out um, on my Instagram. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Abby, for being here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you know someone who could benefit from my message or our guest, don't hesitate to share this episode with them. Together, we can create a supportive community that embraces imperfection and is learning what makes us truly impactful. So until our next episode, keep celebrating your imperfections and cultivating self-acceptance. I believe in you.